Today's podcast is all about how to support loved ones with disabilities and special needs. We're going to explore, encourage, and help give you key ways to navigate through empathizing, but not taking responsibility for other people's issues, how to support them in ways that they need and setting healthy boundaries, and how to keep yourself from not going into the deep end or having a complete breakdown. We all face challenges, crucibles in life that make us or break us. What matters is how we respond to such roadblocks. That's really what defines us. Through inspirational stories from all walks of life, this podcast will provide you with techniques to overcome and grow from life's most challenging experiences. Hello, everybody. I'm Mary Lee Aitenhan coming to you live from the Diva Den Studios in Brentwood, Tennessee for my podcast, Crucible. You can find me at AitenhanHealthCoaching.com. And if you like this podcast, please like, subscribe, and share. And now I'd like to introduce my guest on Crucible, Casey Young Andreas. She's 35 with wisdom beyond her years. She's a single mom with three beautiful girls under the age of 11. Her ex-husband is a vet that has PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and has abused Casey with narcissistic syndrome. Casey's youngest daughter suffers from Russell Silver Syndrome and ADHD and autism. Casey's an entrepreneur and owns three businesses, Southern Style Cleaning, Design Avenue, and Awakened Wanderer, which is her health coaching business. And most importantly, she is an overcomer. So welcome, Casey. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you, Mary Lee. I'm, I'm happy to be here today. Well, it's just a blessing to me, and you've got such a powerful story that I know is going to help lots and lots and lots of people. So, um, so let's start your story with you being newly married and the moment that you recognized the unique challenges your family was facing. Um, I... Married uh, my my husband um, when I was about 20, 24 years old. Um, we had been married for a few months, and he had to deploy. So I was left um, with our oldest and pregnant with our second uh, as he went off to Iraq. Um, it was a very long nine months. We got reunited when he came home and had some massive issues that just, it, it really brought him home as a different person. Um, I think that's a, a big topic for soldiers when there's not really realistic expectations set when they, they get sent off, they're one person, they're your, your husband, a father, a friend. And then when they come home, you expect them to be that same person. Um, you're so happy to see them. You want to greet them, arms open right. wide, but it, it wasn't the case for us. Um, there was a lot of anxiety and uh, meltdowns. Um, and honestly, I don't think I was ever prepared to really truly understand what he had gone through and seen. So um, there are a yeah, lot of points. That, yeah, it's a lot of points felt unsafe. Um, sleepless nights, waking up to um, him watching me and the girls sleep um, just in the middle of the night and um, just a lot of uncertainties for himself that I 
I knew weren't normal, but I truly didn't begin to understand and, until the meltdown started happening. Uh, yeah, yes, I understand. <laughs> I mean, I can understand from just from the movies I've seen, but um, my uncle went through PTSD and at that time they didn't know what it was. And it was severe, and he ended up um, in Larned, the Larned um, State Penitentiary. And it was a horrible thing. He ended up killing his wife. And um, it was a huge shame to my family. But um, it was at the end of World War II, and he was like a spy in China giving um, information from uh, with his ham radio. So he knew how to run a ham radio, and that was what started it. So... Um, but man, my just heart, my heart goes out to you and to all those military families. So, um, why don't we, um, I'm sure you had mountains of empathy, you know, and love for what your husband was going through. Um, but how did you learn to accept, you know, that there were responsibilities, his responsibilities weren't all on you? Honestly, I didn't learn to accept that for a few years. Um, we went through for, I knew that I needed to create the distance, um, when things had come up that I felt my children and I were no longer safe. Um, I did have to remove myself and my girls, um, to, to separate, but I still had this guilt deep down in my soul that I, I was his spouse. I was supposed to sure hold the family together. I was supposed to take care of my girls. I was supposed to be with my husband and coming from a, a Christian background, coming from a religious home, you, you don't just divorce. Um, you know, that's, that's really, that's not your, your first option. So you trying to still create perfect scenarios, um, within the home, it honestly took me years. Um, I had to go through counseling. I had to really start trying to take care of myself to learn that I was not responsible for how he felt. I wasn't responsible for his actions and I had to really give it to God. Um, I think that in that time, I was raised to believe in God. I was raised to know God. I was, I was raised to have this deep loving relationship with him. But up until we started going through those things, I don't felt like I ever truly understood God's love. Um, even for me, I had to learn to love myself. Um, I had to learn to create healthy boundaries for myself. And really just step back and say, okay, I'm not God. I'm not, it is not for me to control the situation. It's not for me to control him. It's not for me to control his actions. And really taking a step back and saying, okay, what am I responsible for? And ultimately I'm responsible for myself and my actions. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. So um, now you're pregnant with Libby. And you find out yes. that Libby has Russell Silver syndrome, which I'm sure you were like many of us and go, what? <laughs> so I want you yeah. to share what that is, you know, and she has special needs, both physically and mentally with ADHD and, and autism. 
So um, why don't you share with us about her condition first and then um, how you've been able to help her? So Libby was four months old when we realized that something was going on. Um, We were put in a hospital room for seven days with cameras watching us. Um, The physicians thought that I wasn't feeding my daughter. Um, They thought that I was starving her or that Mm -hmm. I just had not connected and bonded with her. Um, As an infant, she did not gain weight the way that babies and children are supposed to gain weight. Um, She was deemed as failure to thrive. We were put in the hospital for seven days um, after she received her four-month vaccinations, and she went lethargic and did not really move, eat, or do much of anything for three days. Um, In that three Uh days, she lost weight. And that's when, um, in that hospital room, the doctors realized, oh my gosh, something is wrong. Um, They saw that she was being cared for and loved and fed, and you know, fast forward to three and a half years later, she was three and a half years old when we got the diagnosis. Um, we went through a lot. It was devastating. Um, beyond the problems in my marriage, I think that this was the hardest thing that I had to go through in my whole life. Um, and Russell Silver Syndrome is, it is a rare form of dwarfism. It's, it can also be um, called the Thumbelina syndrome. Um, they are very tiny people. They do not gain weight. They don't grow the way that we would on a regular, um, like a normal uh, scale. Yes. So Libby is seven years old now. And to give you an idea, um, her little swimsuit is size 18 months and her clothes are 3T. Um, she's very tiny. She at one point had nine different doctors, specialists beyond, you know, what I could go into detail. Um, so it was, it was devastating. Um, it, there were many times that I was scared that she would not thrive, that she wouldn't pull through certain scenarios. And, um, even then, um, I feel like that was a whole nother level of God showing me his love and his grace and that we truly don't have control over our lives. Um, you know, and to, to give up and surrender and just say, okay, God, what is, what are you showing me? What are you teaching me? Was, was a huge learning factor for me to, to just realize that, okay, I can, I can only do so much. And I really had to grow my faith throughout this. Um, even now, um, we still have specialists that she sees. She goes into the hospital in a few days to have more testing done, um, for hormones and growth. Um, and, as her mother, you, I hate to, to see her go through these things. It, it breaks oh, my course. heart. Yeah. It's, it's painful. Um, 
you learn that there's truly no normal. Um, you know, we deal with the physical aspect of it. We deal with her special diet and the fact that she doesn't have body fat. So her immune system may or may not be as strong as, you know, another's. Um, but then the mental and behavioral aspect has been exhausting at points. Yeah. Um, I had spoken with somebody um, a few weeks ago and, and I used to joke um, and say, you know, I've, my kids better be glad that Libby was born last. Otherwise I wouldn't have had any other children, you know, I, if she was born first, I wouldn't have had any other kids, but it took me recently really realizing um, I'm so thankful for her the amount of compassion that God has shown me through her to be a better mother, a better friend, a better person, just in general, um, to have empathy and love and understanding and to put judging aside, um, to even put aside the fact that we feel like we need to understand or we need to know all the answers. Some things are just not meant for us to understand. Some things are not meant for us to just have everything in black and white and to really embrace that has been, I really feel like God opens up new chapters for us all the time to just really show us how to, how to be a family and how to be a team and how to get through this. Um, That's ADHD and, and exploring the autism spectrum has been um I'm still tender to that. Um, I've, you learn to even communicate differently. Um, yeah. Well, and you're so patient with her. I mean, the few times I've spoken with you on the phone, you're just, you're so good with her and such. And I, I just feel for you because I know in my own head, I would be thinking, ah, oh, what can I do? You know, you want to, step in and control or, you know, or help or fix, or I think his moms were always fixing problems, you know, um, we are, we truly are fabulous. Yeah. Well, thank you. There are many nights I will go to bed crying and just think, you know, I could have done differently. I should have done this. I should have done that. And, and to stop and pause and, and just, you know, ask, ask God for that forgiveness for maybe losing my temper that day or not being as patient as I needed to be, but also giving myself grace and love and saying, okay, today I did the best I could. And yeah. tomorrow I'll be a better version of what I was today. Yeah. You know, it's, That's it's beautiful. really just trying to do better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yes, absolutely. And that applies to anybody. Um, I do want to back up a little bit though, because You'd shared with me that um, I want to know how your husband's dealing with all of this. And I know that, um, <laughs> you know, maybe where I'm headed. So um, in the narcissistic abuse, you know, when did that start? And maybe that was right immediately. I don't know. But and then I'll I'll jump back to here. That I feel like it was um, it was immediately. Um, the thing with narcissistic abusers is they're so charismatic. 
They are, they have many different masks that they wear. And for so long, I was ashamed to even admit that. Um, you have to, you have to learn a whole new level of, um, it's really psychology. There's so much psychology behind it that you learn. And I, you think, okay, I'm, I must be a weak person to, to have succumbed to this. But um, even in the classes that I teach about this now, narcissistic abusers prey on very strong-willed individuals um, because those strong-willed individuals are not apt to quit and they're not apt to give up. They, they want to keep going. They try to dig deeper. And that started immediately for us. Um, everything was wonderful. He, we dated, we were friends, we laughed, we could cut up and do things. And um, the moment that we got married, it was like a light switch just flipped. Um, And I didn't understand. I thought, oh my gosh, what did I do wrong? What happened? What, what did I do to cause this? Um, I, for so long would walk on eggshells um, thinking, okay, if I clean the house, if I have the house clean better today when he gets home and, and, and mind you, we have children. So I mean, anybody that has, has children, there's, (laughs) A, a clean home daily is, it's exhausting. Um, yeah. You know, and, and not in the aspect that, that you're not a clean person, but there's, there's going to be toys and the toys make noises and sounds and then the kids laughter and, and just them running around and being able to play and be children. It was not a thing for us. It wasn't a thing for them. Um, we had to be quieter. We had to basically just walk on eggshells. Um, and I, even the cooking, I thought, okay, if I could just cook better meals, if I could, if I could do better. And I, I laugh now um, because, and I certainly didn't at the time, but I'll never forget. I thought, okay, I'm going to cook something really simple. You can't mess up spaghetti. You just can't mess up spaghetti. (laughs) And I'll cook spaghetti tonight. It's one of his favorite things to eat. And I, I would serve his plate to him and um, I'll never forget serving his plate to him, being so hopeful and thinking, okay, I did good today. The house is Mm. clean. The kids are quiet. I did good today. And, and his meal was hot when he came home. I'm going to, I served him his plate and he looked at me and said, your noodle to sauce ratio is off. <laughs> oh, very military. <laughs> like, wow. You've got to be kidding me. Uh. <laughs> but it was, it was always a thing. Everything, um, everything. It was a little off, probably. Through. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I sought counseling and learned even terms like gaslighting. Um, we, we would have conversations and I would, I honestly thought I was losing my mind. I, I thought that I was going crazy at a point where we had a conversation 
And I turned around a few days later and said, oh, do you remember we spoke about ABC? And he would say, we never talked about that. I don't, I don't know who you spoke to. And, and then everything started getting turned around to, well, maybe you have a boyfriend. Maybe you're talking to another oh. man. Maybe you're getting oh. me confused um, to points of um, if I ever thought that you were seeing somebody or, or cheating on me or that you would leave me, I'll kill you. Um, mm. And even being told <laughs> I can get away with it. Um, I've been to war. You know, nobody's going to put a, a military person in, in jail. And, and really, you know, I, in that moment, you just freeze and you think, wow, did did I, what have I done to make this person feel this way? Or am I losing my mind? Did I really not, did I really not have this conversation? Um, I really started second guessing my sanity. Um, oh, I imagine. Yeah. And then, you know, in, in your own mind, I remember coming up with a way to wonder, okay, am, am I the problem? Am, am I the issue? God, am I, is, is something wrong with me? What is wrong with me? Um, and I came up with a solution and I thought, okay, I'm going to remember every conversation that I have with him now so that I can say, oh no, you know, we had this conversation. We were standing in this kitchen or we were in the living room and it was this time. And, and we did talk about this. Do you remember? And still, you know, no, we never, we never spoke about that. And so I sought out the help of a counselor at that point. I thought, okay, something is really wrong with me. Um, and that's something that I teach women and, and even men, but most of most people that come to the class that I teach are, are women, um, is we will, we take faults, we take ownership yeah. and it's not for us to take ownership with that. Um, this is narcissism is, it is a psychological problem. It, it's a mental illness and you can't change people. They, they are who they are. Um, they get better at changing that mask. They get better at, we could go out in public and you would never know that we had any marital problems. Mm. Um, I didn't even talk to I my did. own family yeah. for years. Absolutely. Yeah. You, and it wasn't until we would get behind closed doors that, you know, all hell would break loose. And oh. mm-hmm. even the problems with um, Libby, there was, he couldn't handle it. And I, I really, that's when things started changing for me. Um, I was on the verge of having a nervous breakdown um, when she was younger. And it wasn't that he just, he honestly mentally could not help it and he couldn't handle it. So I was, I set unrealistic expectations. Um, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, my husband is my rock. 
my husband can help. My husband can fix this. My husband can be there for me. But it wasn't the, that wasn't the way things happened in our world. And I truly realized through that, that not to set expectations for other people. Um, When we set expectations for people to be a certain person, sometimes that's not their, that's not their fault. Um, They're not capable of being that person. So it's not realistic to try to make them be that person. Um, We have to accept what they're capable of. And I went through a long time having resentment towards him for not being able to be there, Um, having to go to doctor's appointments constantly by myself, constantly getting bad news alone, Um, feeling very alone in that. And even to the point that, um, and I think that a lot of people that have special needs children, I feel like go through this phase or this it's not a phase it, it's just one of the steps with this that people are uncomfortable when you talk about it um, people are uncomfortable when when you cry they don't know what to say they don't know how to comfort you they've never been through these situations so a lot of the times the response from family from friends is to they, they won't call you. They won't ask mm-hmm. you how you're doing. They won't ask you what, what happened at the doctor's appointment. They can't ask you because they don't know how to have that conversation with you. Yeah. And it's a very lonely path. I was going to say, yes. Down. Yeah. That just further alienates you from everybody. <laughs> and if you're it not does. getting the support from your husband, then, you know, you're truly on your own. So what would you suggest to people though, that you know, want to learn how to support, you know, their, the person in need as well as, you know, um, help them with their special needs. The first, how how do you get through this? (laughs) I think the the first thing that helped me was plugging myself in. Um, I had to learn to accept it. Um, and even now it's still a tender topic. I've, you know, my heart still, feel sad at times and number one have grace for yourself and forgiveness that don't shut your feelings off you you really have to feel this and allow yourself to feel it to work through to start healing from it and the second thing that I can say is find a support group um my counselor my therapist was absolutely wonderful But the biggest thing that really where I felt like somebody understood me was finding um, the Magic Foundation. And I plugged myself into a support group of other families that are dealing with Russell Silver Syndrome. Um, I I see these family stories and it's, it's like my life just in a different shape. And it's, you hate to say this, but you find solace in you're not alone. You know, somebody oh, else is dealing with this and absolutely. you, you, you see these other people going through this and then really plugging yourself in and saying, okay, God, 
I'm not going to allow myself to feel like a victim in this. I will not have this victim mentality any longer. What can you show me from this? How can I serve you? You know, you, you obviously gave me my child because you felt like I could take care of her, love her, but I'm serving you through this. You know, what, what do you, what can I do to, to help people, to love other people, to serve you? Um, and I stopped putting my faith in people. I stopped putting my faith in my husband to fix it. I stopped putting my faith in family to fix it and in doctors. And I really turned to God and said, show me. That's beautiful. Yeah. And that's, that's the bottom line. I think in any kind of a conflict that you have may have with another person, right? You want to control what they're doing. You're upset because they're not doing what you've perceived whatever crazy expectation. And then you get mad about it, <laughs> you know, and yeah. sometimes it gets resolved and, you know, and, and oftentimes not. And yeah, so, and that can go on for years. And we both know many families that have, you know, broken families because of, you know, the one person that won't forgive, you know, the one brother that won't forgive the other brother, or et cetera, et cetera. But, um, but that's, that's really, I think a key point of just, you know, knowing that you can't put your faith in other people. You need to put your faith in God and, and quick trying to control them. So, um, it is. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I, no, you're one fine. of the, one of the things that you just triggered, one of the um, most important things that I've carried with me that I try to carry with me even now in any situation that I, that I find myself in is I had a mentor tell me, put your ego aside. Ego is edging God out. Oh, Stop perfect. edging God <laughs> out. You know, really put that aside and, and really dig deeper into how you can bring God back into this to, to come to a, a solution. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. And what have you learned that could help someone who's helping and supporting another person with special needs? How, how did you stay strong and focused amidst this huge, you know, storm that you're in and, and is all around you? It's like a hurricane, a tornado, and I don't know what else, an earthquake all at once. I would love to say that I've been this, this uh, warrior that stayed strong, that kept my wits about me, that didn't fall to pieces at times, but I've, I can't say that. I, there are times that I still fall to pieces. I'll cry. I'll allow myself to feel it. And I've learned that that's okay. Um, I don't always have to have this strong face that I'm some conqueror of the universe. Um, it's okay for me to have feelings. My feelings matter and I can't heal and I can't get through this unless I truly allow myself to feel it and to understand why, you know, why, why am I sad? Why does my heart hurt? And to dig deep into myself. Um, but it's, it goes into so much more is trying to, to understand 
God's will. Um, and then even knowing that you won't always understand it and you won't always have the answers. That's taking care of myself and not feeling guilty mm-hmm. was the best thing that I could have done for myself. Um, exercise. I always, I tell other mothers, if you are not a hundred percent and you have not taken care of yourself, you cannot take care of other people. Even when you get on an airplane, they tell you if something were to happen with that plane, put your mask on first. If you don't take care of yourself, you cannot serve and you cannot help other people. So really mind, body, and spirit, you know, doing, reading my Bible, praying, meditating, reflecting, journaling, um, taking time out for myself, exercising, um, eating healthier, really putting myself first so that I could serve and be my best version of myself to help other, to help my, their father, to help, you know, my child, um, has been, that's the biggest thing that I can tell people is don't feel guilty about loving yourself and understanding your worth and what you need first. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Um, in your health and wellness, the mind, body, soul, you're so true and your faith, you know, how that's such a beautiful statement of how can I serve God through this? Um, I, that's very humbling, Casey. (laughs) That brings tears to my eyes because yeah, it's like, you know, how can you come to terms with things that God throws at you and you don't understand why? So, um, but realizing as well that you can't take care of yourself, you know, you can't take care of anyone, not feeling guilty about that. I love that. You'd also shared with me that in your narcissistic abuse class that you teach that, um, in how to overcome, you said you either break or you grow stronger. So why don't you touch on that? There's a point where I feel like a person has to get to, to say, okay, I'm not happy in this situation. What can I do to better this? Mm -hmm. Um, There was a point in my life where I just said, I can't do this anymore. And we always feel like, okay, if we quit something or we give up that we're failures, but that's, that's not the case in every situation. There are strengths that I feel like God gives you to the point where you can say, okay, enough is enough. And I have to remove myself. Um, And that was the point that I was at. I thought, okay, this is, I, I am at a cross point where I have to choose left or right. And if I stay in this situation, I am teaching my daughters that this is acceptable behavior. I'm raising my children to think that this is a normal life and that this is acceptable. But even with that, through the narcissistic abuse, you change, you, you snap, you, you become, it's almost like you become somebody that 
you're not. And I knew that that was no, that was not healthy either. I didn't like who I was becoming. I didn't like having to constantly fight or step on eggshells or it's just not who I am. And I had this burning in my soul that there was more. And so I couldn't allow myself to break. I couldn't allow myself to crumble any longer. And I really emphasize to the people that I teach now, God can give you that strength, that faith. Even if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, stand up, stand up and move. The only, the only thing that prevents you from, from having a different life is in your mind. Mm-hmm. When you make a conscious decision to say, okay, no more, there's a way out. There's, I can make these decisions and it doesn't happen overnight. No. For me, it didn't happen overnight. It took yeah. me a while to say, okay, I, I need to do these steps. I need to do these things. But I just had to, I knew that I had to find the strength to, to do differently. And in that, I really, I not only pushed myself to do better, but I feel like their, their dad was pushed to do better. Um, when you put down those healthy boundaries, right. it tells people that you matter. <laughs> yes. And, and it really says, you know, I, I deserve to be treated this way. I, I deserve to have love. I deserve to have a healthy relationship. Um, and that's just, that's the difference. Either, either you will break and you will allow yourself to stay in that situation or you find your backbone and you say no more and you stand up in the strength that God gives you and you say, okay, let's, let's change this. And that's the path that I chose for myself and my daughters. Yes. And what a beautiful thing, you know, that that has turned out to be. Um, You you had shared with me personally about your aha moment about after breaking down and bawling and thinking, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? And I'll let you finish it. (laughs) (laughs) I will never forget. It was, it was six and a half years ago. I sat in my youngest daughter's room crying and I was rocking her. She was asleep. And I just remember crying and asking God, why am I not lovable? What is wrong with me that my husband doesn't love me? My husband can't, you know, do the things for me that I I'm desiring that I'm craving. And it, it wasn't realistic. It wasn't unrealistic things. It was things as simple as not arguing and not fighting any longer and not being yelled at and not, you know, just being loved, truly loved. And, um, I really feel in that moment, it was like God just put a series of things before me that really opened my eyes up to show me it wasn't my fault. 
and I had to stop taking responsibility. Exactly. And that you, there is nothing wrong with you, (laughs) that these problems are being thrown on you because of, you know, another person. So, yes. Well, I just want to thank you so much for joining me today, Casey, because I know that, you know, it's, it's hurtful to look back and to go on record, so to speak, you know, with your life. And I really appreciate that. And I appreciate your vulnerability and just the love that you have for other people. You are such a beautiful person. And I think your, uh, your girls are just in such a blessed place now. And, you know, we're just praying for Libby, you know, for her diagnosis, you know, and her appointment coming up and, um, but you're going to help a lot of people by having gone through this. And that's to me, the silver lining of going through anything that's extremely difficult, you know, um, you can learn to help, you know, other people. So I didn't want to interrupt you. You were going to say something. No, no, I thank you. I've, I really, um, I'm thankful for my life and I'm truly thankful for all the lessons that I've learned along the way because I I feel like it's molded me into a better version of anything that I could have ever imagined. Um, The compassion and the love that I have for for other families, especially dealing with special needs and, and going through PTSD and and narcissistic abuse and you know my my heart opens up to them but I'm I just really want to emphasize that there things can be better and things can change and God can open up doors that you never knew he could open up to you and so many times, again, we go back to control and we, we think, well, you know, how, but the how to is not our responsibility. Yes, exactly. Being faithful and just knowing that there can be a better day and that things can, things can always change is, I'm very thankful that, that I was able to to really understand that and change my mindset. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Casey. You know I love you. I'm one of your biggest fans. <laughs> yeah, I love you so. too. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, and God bless. Thank you.